Welcome to the Executive Security Podcast, where we talk to CISOs and other leaders in cybersecurity about careers in this industry, specifically how to get into it and how to advance. My name is Gene Fay, the CEO of ThreadX, an API and application security company, and the host of the Executive Security Podcast. Today, we are joined by Kim Anstett, the global CIO at Trellix. Welcome, Kim. Hi, Gene. Thrilled to be with you today. Well, thank you. And thank you for your patience this morning. For our listeners, I think are doing our 75th podcast. And like anything, when you do this enough, you start to think it's repetition. And I think it's why airplanes have checklists. You shouldn't take things for granted. So we had a couple technical difficulties, but Kim was nice enough to be patient. And super excited to have you on the show today, uh, just by way of just a little small world uh, conversation. So I know your CEO, Brian, from a long time ago. So Brian Palma is the CEO of Trellix for our listeners and used to work at EDS when I was at EMC. So going back quite a ways and uh, he's a really, really nice. small world. Yeah, it is, right? Our industry is that way. And for our listeners, it's all the more reason to join because 17, 18, 20 years later, uh, there's still more and more cross connections. So, well, awesome. Let's jump into it and talk a little bit about your backstory and kind of your journey to becoming a CIO and and tell the listeners a little bit about the awesome company Trellix and how that came to be. Sure, fantastic. Pretty interesting uh, backstory. Definitely uh, been in technology all of my career. I um, graduated from Tufts University up in the New England area near you and had an electrical engineering degree. Back then, there wasn't computer engineering, or at least not at Tufts, the way it's such a great opportunity to say for so many of the kids. And when I graduated, I found that I had a lot of school and education in hardware and uh, chips and the insides of a computer. And when I interviewed for jobs, thought, hmm, you know, how is that going to be something that I'm going to get excited about every day? I didn't really think about the how I was going to use it after. And after a few interviews and seeing people in lab coats and with probes, you know, testing out chips, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm in the right place. And so I got really lucky and ended up going into a company that was there to train me in computer science and on the software side of it. And so I spent many years, about the first decade of my career, building software uh, for different customers and commercial engagements. And it was a lot of fun. Loved the business side of it, the business opportunity and what software could do. And it was back in about 20, I think it was 13, 14, when someone came and said, we're going to build out an enterprise technology function and would you like to be a CIO? And I remember, fortunately, we weren't on video back then, you know, making a face going, infrastructure? (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to do? And so fortunately, the person that tapped me on the shoulder knew it was going to be a great opportunity for me to see a different aspect of technology. And I completely fell in love with what it would mean to bring a customer-focused lens to the back office and what we would do for the enterprise and how we could do so much to bring new technology, new capability, a better experience from an internal standpoint, which hadn't really been the case when people thought about traditional IT. And one aspect that I was able to really expand upon and and learn about was cybersecurity. So I hired our first cybersecurity leader, our first CISO, when I was at Nielsen and just absolutely fell in love with and became passionate about the opportunity in terms of, you know, it's a real sense of purpose to be able to do something good when there are so many people that are out there on the criminal side doing things to be disruptive. And so that was back when, for me, ransomware was really starting to take hold and all of the different elements were in the news, whether it was a target breach or whatever it might be, and really 
just, again, became really passionate about cybersecurity. So moving along in the career, I had a few different experiences. And when someone gave me a call and said, working for a cyber software company, we're looking for a CIO, what does that sound like? And I was like, I'm there. I had a job that I loved doing great things, you know, with a team that was, you know, fabulous. But I thought, how can I pass on something that I've thought about for the last, you know, almost 10 years. And so here at Trellix, it's phenomenal because I get to do what I have become so passionate about in terms of creating the enterprise capabilities that every organization needs, building out our cyber function, further developing, enhancing it. But also I get to be customer zero. I want to be the best reference for Trellix in terms of talking to our customers about what our products do for me in the role, knowing how much you know I've dealt with over the last decade in terms of the number of products, number of tools, number of vendors, and uh, love that Trellix is building our XDR platform to really make it easier for CIOs and CISOs. Yeah, it's a great success story for yourself. Congratulations on quite a journey and equally for the company. I think it's a uh, under Brian's leadership and executives like yourself and a great talented team that definitely built a great brand. I actually had to look up what it used to be called, which is funny because McAfee and FireEye are obviously massive brands. Marketing does work because I've forgotten, you know, it is the new company as the merger. So it, it worked even for somebody who's been in the industry for a long time. So I think you told us a great story of when you were young, a father's friend showed you how to program and it really changed everything for you. And how do you think you know, we can replicate that on a bigger scale? At the time, I would have never thought about you know what it meant or how it was going to lead to a career, but I was very lucky. Best friend, father, uh, neighborhood friend, family friend of my parents was an engineer at IBM. And I can't even tell you, you know, I was in grade school, why? Uh, maybe it was a Girl Scout badge or something, but um, he offered to show me how to code. And um, it was literally you know, elementary school and he had a PC at home. And I remember putting a cassette tape into the little tape player and rewinding it and, and typing some code. And something really must have stuck with me. Although, you know, it was years later when I got to the point where I could go into a career where I was going to write software. But um, just an amazing opportunity that someone at that time took the time and exposed me to something that I, I wouldn't have thought about. And it really must have you know resonated and stuck with me and made a difference. And so I think it's so important. I love what the schools are doing today. I have a son who's in a freshman in high school and he's taking his first IT course and learning about networks and configuring computers. And I think it's great that they're doing that now in the schools because it's really, for me, technology is part of every single business in one way, shape or form. So in terms of the scale, I think it's great that the kids today are growing up with it. You know, it's not as foreign. It's natural to them to use technology. And what's an opportunity for us all is to continue to support our teachers and our school systems who are, are working really hard to help the kids understand. But for working professionals, the more we can get out there and talk about it and share the reality to upcoming students, whether it's in grade school, high school, or college, I think it's important that we make it real. I had one individual who came in college and it might've been in the sophomore year and it was another family friend. So I try to you know, keep the cycle going and she said, I'd love to do a job shadow. And I said, absolutely. It shouldn't even be something people think about. And so came and uh, walked the halls and, and saw the job for a few hours one afternoon. And as she was leaving the office at the end of the day, she said, you know, I'm so glad I came. This was incredible. I sat with like data scientists and I looked at people were building in terms of websites and customer portals. 
she said, I thought when I showed up, you were going to show me how to change out, you know, memory in a computer or, or put new batteries in. <laughs> they thought tech was. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know, we, we still have so far to go with everything that everyone's doing around STEM. We still need to do more to connect. So wherever we can bring students in for, you know, a job shadowing or a career day, um, field trips, I highly encourage everyone out there working to find those opportunities for every one person that we can help and impact, you know, the story spreads. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it is, uh, you know, we've got a social responsibility to do that. Somebody gave us a chance and uh, the person showed you how to code. And for me, it was going to Northeastern and interning at my first uh, high-tech company, a small company called Cayman System. And it, it was probably the culture more than anything else. It took me probably till the end of my internship to actually know what we did as a company. But I think that we um, do what was called the do-good day. And we couple, uh, we're actually just about to do our second time where we have been involved in an organization that works with inner city kids. And we bring them into the office and show them high level things, kind of what we do from sales and marketing to finance to software development. I think many of those kids have never been in an office. And more recently, I was just at the Thanksgiving Day Parade with my family and a friend of mine is the CEO of a company called Hyper, another cybersecurity company. And so I took my nephews and my girls into that office. But I bet you, for my nephews, they'd never seen what a tech company looks like. So like those are the types of things. And we're all so busy. There's a million reasons why you don't have time to do things, but I think you do, we have to make time and, and thus why you're making time to do this podcast. So I appreciate it. So Love that. yeah, so you've been a C-level executive for just about a, over a decade. Can you talk about how the CIO, so the chief information officer role has changed as you've seen it kind of evolve over time? Absolutely. Because I do think this is such an important um, message to share because, again, there are people who think, you know, a CIO or uh, enterprise technology or IT is changing out batteries on the laptop. And uh, it's evolved quite a bit, even in the time that I've been in the role. There was a time, and many maybe business leaders for sure, probably CFOs liked, you could spend some money, put in a system, and it would run for the next 10 years. <laughs> the world is far more dynamic than that. And uh, with the digitally connected world, it's very real that there's so much information and there's so much opportunity to continue to get better and improve that the CIO role can no longer be, I'm going to go implement this finance system or what accounting needs or what our HR team needs. It's how do we continue to evolve so that the employee experience in every function across the business and ultimately our engagement with our customers is robust and evolving and you feel the continuous innovation that people wouldn't have thought about, I don't think so much, you know, 15, 20 years ago. We all have technology in our daily lives. So every person who works at a company and has a job has higher expectations of what technology should be. And so I like to talk to my teams about how do you live at home? The apps that you use, the technology you use, it should be better at work with what we spend. And oftentimes people will look and say, oh my gosh, no, you know, I mean, the systems we use, we have to use them, but no way is it better than, you know, what I can download tomorrow, you know, from the app store. And that's an important aspect that, you know, we can't dismiss. And so I talk to the team all the time around, we have this amazing opportunity to see in the CIO organization, we can see everything that goes on across the entire business. We just have this lens of everything that's happening. And that's a great opportunity, but then it's also a responsibility to think about how do we make it better? Every day we have that opportunity because if the employees in the company are feeling better or working more efficiently and enjoying what they do, 
that's going to show up and be a phenomenal opportunity for our customers in the end. So it's evolved quite a bit, which I think is fantastic for people to, it could be a career change. You know, after years of doing one, one aspect or function of the business, I love to recruit people who have been in finance or been in operations or been in any aspect of the business and use the technology. When they come in and they work in our team, we're going to get so much better. And not only within the company, I've hired teachers. I've hired someone who had a biology background because they're all using tech, especially in the cyber world. They're thinking about or experiencing things that the more the enterprises understand what has happened in their specific field or business, we're going to have better tools in the end for all the businesses. I think it definitely is an evolution of and a collaboration of these different skill sets. I think that the CIO role, uh, when done well, is, uh, is so powerful. To your point, it's not an us versus them. It's not the no department. It's business enablement and business empowerment. And it has evolved so much over the years. So it's uh, awesome to see business leaders like yourself being a part of the exec staff and really helping the organization to evolve that much quicker. So I guess it gets to a little bit more of what do you love about your job kind of day to day that makes you so passionate. I sense the passion, but what are the things that really uh, make it so? There are so many aspects. I definitely think it begins with that sense of purpose. And you know, when you find that in a role, when you find that in a job, it's a beautiful day because you wake up and you just know there's a mission and you know that you're part of it and you know that you're contributing something bigger. So cybersecurity, there's different careers out there where you're helping people, but the way cyber is evolving so fast, unfortunately, the criminals are being paid to disrupt not only you know businesses, but critical infrastructure. I think it's- Unlimited time, un- unlimited budget, right? Exactly. The bad guys have that. We don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's amazing how that works. So we, we definitely have that sense of purpose, which is fantastic. The other angle that is really important to me, um, and one of the reasons I'm in this role is because I have the opportunity to help connect people and help them find those career opportunities that others were there for me for. And I really believe every day I can look at what are the opportunities we have, what are the problems to solve, and how do I get to know more people across the organization and connect them into those initiatives? Because when you, as a leader in any function of the business, when you have that opportunity, you see someone light up, you see someone accomplish something they thought wasn't possible, there's nothing better. You know, I've done a lot of software implementations. I've created different products and we've had teams do incredible work. When those individuals on the team and you see them light up and when you see them say, wow, I didn't think that was possible and look what we did, there's just no better day. So I'm always looking for what are the opportunities from a talent and leadership development perspective. As you talked about, I worked with a company uh, or an organization year up in terms of inner city and youth that don't necessarily have the opportunity or have had the path to go to you know traditional college. How can we provide training and bring people in and, and give them you know, the professional development and careers? And those are the best days. Those are the days when you say, this is why I sit in the position I'm in, because it, we're out there with visibility and access that others don't have. And it's a, our obligation, really, to connect people to that. It's funny. Somebody said to me one time, they said, Gene, you always have an agenda, but your agenda is usually to do good. And when it comes to people, that is, if I'm trying to motivate a sales team or an engineer or a or somebody to join our company, it's, I truly believe that it's in their best interest and it's in our best interest to do that. When it works, it's amazing. I had, I had a friend that worked with me a couple of companies ago and uh, he called me up one day and he, he got a big commission check and 
he wanted to tell me about it. And he said, with that money, he goes, I just paid off my student loans. And so, yeah, no, I had an agenda there to feel good. You know, I felt really good to hear that. So, yeah, it's those little moments of giving of your time and effort or seeing uh, opportunity in somebody that they don't see in themselves. And when that works out, we get to feel good as, along with them. So it's a great part of the, that's awesome part of your job. So when we talked a couple of months ago, you said there's no one size fit all path into cybersecurity. You know, what are some of the paths, both traditional and non-traditional? And, and specifically, what are you and your managers looking for when you hire people at Trellix? That's a great question because, you know, we talk about the skills gap, over 3 million roles to be filled, yet I hear from graduating students and just people in businesses that say, you know, how do I make the connection? I've sent in resumes or I apply for this and you never hear back. And as much as I love technology, I do believe there are some aspects that have made life challenging when you post a role and 10,000 people apply. How do we make the right matches? It, it's been difficult. Everyone should still keep thinking and looking into it. Cybersecurity is is changing as we talked about, you know, unlimited funds for the criminals. So there's always a new problem to solve. It's not something where you have had to do this field for the last 10 years to be able to advance. People have come in and very fast learned and become top tier in the organization because they just have a passion for it and they start to study and do investigations and they know more about something that just didn't exist last year than anybody else on the team. And that's a, a fantastic thing. So I think what's really important for hiring teams and for the individuals is to look for that curiosity. We love people who love video gaming because they have this natural energy around how do we figure things out and solve and work as a team. So much of that gaming today is you know a team sport. Cyber tech in general is a team sport. You're curious. You love to collaborate, work as part of a team. I think those are really, really important. As one of our values for Trellix, tenacity, tenacious. You have to know that there are going to be challenging days and get a little bit of a thrill for that. As much as there's a challenge and sometimes that are tough, the wins feel that much better. And so that helps uh, quite a bit. But I would say it's not about, do you have a computer science degree? Do you have a networking background? Those things are great and love individuals on my team that bring those elements, but it's really important that you bring together a very diverse team in terms of the background and how people think, because we have to think of what's coming that hasn't even come yet. And uh, to have a different perspective and to have lived in any part of the world or, or career role or educational background, there is a spot for you in cybersecurity. <laughs> there, there is a need for you in cybersecurity. And what we have to do is find the ways to match and link and find each other because, again, the world of LinkedIn, as much as it's great to stay connected to people, it also makes it really hard to make those connections. Yeah. And I think uh, tenacious, I think, should be the theme for everybody trying to get into cybersecurity right now. Because to your point, it, we do have this $3 million, uh, 3 million open positions uh, but yet, you know, we get 4,000, you get 10,000, 20, you know, we get all these uh, resumes. So you do have to be tenacious and you have to look for other ways to connect with us. So going to a B-side event, finding other meetups, like even if you are a hardcore introvert, finding your path to getting out there, volunteer at a B-side organization, like, and make it your tenacious full-time job to find a job. It's going to take you hours. It's going to be really dark. It's going to be really lonely. You're going to have a lot of self-doubt. Know that those that persevere can find unbelievable roles and build great careers like we've been blessed with, both you and I. 
but you do have to be tenacious. I really love that term. So awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for joining us today. As a reminder to our listeners looking to up their skills in cybersecurity, you can get one year free content from our cybersecurity training portal, ThreatX Academy, with the promo code podcast. ThreatX Academy covers a wide variety of cybersecurity skills. You can learn more by going to academy.threatx.com. Also check out a recent ep- one of our most recent episodes with Deputy CISO at HubSpot, Alyssa Robinson. The episode is called Finding Opportunity in Economic Downturn. I think that's really going to be one that you like, especially considering what we just talked about. And finally, if you'd like to learn more about API and application security, please visit threadx.com. Kim, thank you again for your time. Uh, greatly appreciate it. And thanks for giving to the cybersecurity industry of your time. Thank you, Gene. Great conversation. Uh,